Get ready to transform how you communicate and market, not only in business, but in your life. This is Marketing Matters. For more information on today's show and other topics, visit ryansowers.com. Here's your host, best-selling author and national speaker, Ryan Sowers. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another Marketing Matters with Ryan Sowers here on Business Radio X. I'm your host, Ryan Sowers, and we're broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Hotel. On every Marketing Matters episode, we're going to talk marketing, we're going to talk branding, we're going to talk human behavior, sales, communications, and you can find all my information housed at ryansowers, S-A-U-E-R-S dot com. But we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about the expertise of my friends and colleagues, and I'm super excited to have Kathy Coots with Keller Williams Realty. Kathy, how are you today? I'm doing great, Ryan. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. And my friend, Ann Weeks, owner of Five Forks Academy. How are you, Ann? I'm awesome. So when putting together the show, my brilliance for once connected, and I'm, I'm making fun of myself, Ann and um, uh, Kathy both have been colleagues and, and have completely different businesses. And as we're going to talk marketing and talk the human touch, I thought what more fun than to have two people who are colleagues and have seen things, but from two different industries. So with that said, let's just kind of open it up with um, Kathy. Just tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, obviously we can a 30 minute show, we can do so much, but a little bit about your background because you're in real estate and in, and you're more on the childcare side, and this is going to be cool to put together. So just for our listeners and let them know a little bit about you. Absolutely. So I have been a licensed realtor since 2006. And prior to that, I was actually in the mortgage business for about 22, 22 years. Okay, very good, very good. And Ann, tell us a little bit about uh, your business. I have been operating Five Forks Academy since 2005, been serving the community for 14 years, and have really um, come to love the community and the children and watched them grow. So it's quite exciting for me. Y'all have been right near each other and probably had kids similar near each other and businesses near each other. Y'all, and y'all follow each other. So, you know, wherever you guys go, it's, it's, it's a good place. That's what I think. That's what I think. Okay. So, but let's talk a little bit about, I, I was saying to a guest a few weeks ago, I want to talk how this applies to both your businesses. This is a marketing show after all. I've been asked to talk more and more about human to human, the importance of getting back to the personal touch and how that matters. Tell me a little bit about your own businesses. And it may sound silly because we're all a little bit older that I'm even asking that question. But do you feel that's more important than ever with our automated in your face all the time world? Either of you. Absolutely. Excuse me, especially with so much right now is Internet based with real estate. You know, you've got Zillow and Trulia and all of the online tools. And those are a great place for a buyer to start or even a seller to start. But what they really want is they want somebody that they feel like they can connect with who knows them, you know, can hold their hand through anything that they have coming up. Um, Because it is, you know, you don't sell a house every day, every year. And it's important to have somebody who's a professional who can be with you and you just feel like you connect with. That, so trust. I mean, Absolutely. I hear the thing trust. And, and, and this is why I wanted you two together because I knew this would gel. This make my job a lot easier. So what do you think, Ann? I agree with Kathy. There's a lot that goes on um, buying a house, finding a daycare center that you're comfortable with, um, early childhood education, 
merges into elementary school. Elementaries go on into the middle school and the high schools. Um, so there's a lot going on in a community that a real estate agent can share with a family or a family can say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. What areas are best for that? Yeah, I, w- I mean, in both of y'all's businesses and one of the businesses I have locally, it all kind of comes back to hand in hand. You know, where are, you, where are your kids going to be nurtured? What schools are you in? What do you need to know? And the problem I see is too many people take everything at face value they research online. In other words, they don't know what's behind it. And you're talking to a guy who's been doing a lot of research for my doctorate recently, more than I'll ever want to do. But a lot of times they just see something posted and it looks really good. But we know the old adage is that, you know, is it too good to be true? And uh, so, you know, I think that's really, really important. Um, let's talk a little bit about the importance of we've got multi-generations uh, and a lot of people changing dynamics. I mean, do you guys see differences in the way, and I'm not making judgments how people communicate, but ways people could communicate and possibly put down their devices, um, use them for research, but then get back to focusing on the task at hand if that's finding a place for their child or finding a home. So they're actually listening when you guys are talking versus looking at something else. Do you guys find that? Absolutely, and especially with the younger people, they love to text, um, Uh, which I'm not great at, but I'm having to learn. Um, But they also, a lot of, you know, the emails and stuff like that that I don't mind doing or the actual phone calls, you just have to know your client because sometimes if you're dealing with someone older, they may not even have email. That's right. They don't text, and so you have to communicate with them the way they want to be communicated with. I love that. That That is absolutely, and I'm going to come back to Ann. So I was in Vegas two weeks ago, and I tried for the first time ever. It was a group of about 150 people, and I this is a one-hour session. And I said, I'm going to do a digital distraction break. Now, I knew this could go south in a hurry, a one-minute break. But I, what I wanted to do is see if they got up, what they would check, and then I wanted them to introduce themselves to a neighbor and say, just tell them what they checked. But what I was hoping to see, would they go beyond my instructions and start saying, oh, I'm from Arizona, I'm from California, and that's exactly what occurred. And I had to pull them back together because they were having so much fun away from their phone. And, and it worked. But, you know, I, I think we do have to be sensitive. People communicate in different ways. When I'm trying to get in touch with my kids, they text me, and I try to call them back on something important, and they don't answer. And I'm like, okay, I'm paying for the phone. <laughs> I know you're there. You just texted. So, so what do you see, Ann? I mean, you've got a wide range of people, sometimes bringing young kids in. I'm not big into bashing people like well, we've got millennials or we've got Gen X or we've got now Gen Z is the generation that's it's our kids that are behind that. But do you see that of trying to mix the ways you communicate with to meet your market or people? Yes. And we use a tool that is a digital communication tool. We used to hand out a piece of paper, and now it goes directly to the parent's phone, which is wonderful because we have a copy of it. Um, but parents also recognize that this is a tool, and it does have limitations and it does have expectations we need to use it appropriately we need to teach our children how to use it appropriately and they are doing that well and 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 it's meeting where they are i I like to think of that as this um, adaptive communication so you know we each have a left hand and a right hand if i'm preferably a left-handed talker and i'm trying to talk to you and you're a right-handed receiver of information it's probably not going to be as effective and so you know, I find myself using every medium, including stapling somebody something to somebody's forehead to try to get, the, you know, get the message through. And uh, we have a loud world. You know, it's a very noisy, fast-moving, loud world. So I think that's something we'd all agree to. But 
Kathy, let's talk a little bit about your company. Sometimes, uh, you know, I, I like to refer to it because I think you guys are superstars as Coots and Company, but under the, you know, Keller Williams. But how'd you get your start in real estate? So it was kind of interesting. I had a, a very close friend who was looking for a home and wanted to be in a particular area, but the agent she was using was not at all familiar with the area. <clears throat> so I thought, well, let me just ask some questions. I'm just going to ask around. And I wound up finding somebody who said, you know, yeah, we're thinking about selling and connected her with her agent. And I was like, man, I kind of like that. That was fun. And like I said, I was in the mortgage business. So I said to my husband, I said, what would you think if I got my real estate license? He was like, yeah, you know, a lot of people, I think you'd be really great at it. So that's where it all started. And I went online, got my license and just started telling everybody I knew this is what I'm doing now. And after about a year, I decided to let go of the mortgage piece and just do the real estate. And that was in 2007. 2007. And when, well, why we're talking about it, we don't miss it because you've got several family members. I mean, you've grown your team tremendously, but we've got to give a shout out to some of your team. So uh, yeah. make sure everybody's always sad if we forget them. And then we, you may forget somebody and we'll tell them we're sorry <laughs> later. But if you want to do that before we go to Ann, yeah, go, go ahead. So my husband is my business partner and couldn't do this business without him. He joined me about seven or eight years ago, and uh, he had been with the same company for 33 years, and so it was a big jump for us. We all thought that we were building this business for our daughter. Um, she had said since she was 13, she wanted to be in real estate, and we're like, oh goodness, this has to be bigger <laughs> than me. Um, and then she had a change as she was going to the University of Georgia, and so now she's in her first year of law school, and okay. no, she does not want to do real estate law. Okay, all right. <laughs> and then I have a husband and wife team, uh, the Bingamans that work with me. They handle primarily my buyer business. I typically do the listing side okay. and then we have a full-time assistant as well as a part-time assistant well the growth has been phenomenal and uh before i forget we're going to come back to this but best way a website way to reach you or what's the best way um kathy for our listeners that are tuning in we've got kathy coots and uh and weeks with us but just to reach you in general um if they want to look up information kathy coots.com and that's c-o-o-t-s correct kathy with a k kathy with a k that's right okay all right and let's move back over to you so now how long has five force academy been around and have you taken that idea and when i say the idea you know from the business premise to birthing it to growing it to all the amazing things you're doing today well that's a, a long story <laughs> <laughs> um i started up um, operating school in 2005 um but the idea was long before that i always wanted to teach and um thankfully i was able to um come to a place where i could have a school implement a curriculum in every single classroom have 25 employees i have three activity buses and it has just grown over time so it is one of those things that just it just kind of balloons and then it shrinks a little bit and then it balloons again and it shrinks a little bit but like kathy was saying our community is a great community and i think a lot of people will leave the community and then they'll come back i agree i am seeing that um, so Kathy and I have known each other since our children were in kindergarten together. See, I wasn't that light bulb moment, but I connected the <laughs> dots somewhere. There's something left in the old noggin. So yeah. that, that makes me look smarter. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you know, well, let's talk about, you know, how 
to a new business owner. We have a lot of business. This is a business radio show. So there's people going, okay, well, you know, you, you started and your husband's there and you've got all these people working for you and you've got 35 people working for you, but it's scary. And I don't know how to get started. And you know, Mr. Sowers there, you have all the ideas. What's the first step? I mean, what's the first step? It's all on the internet. Everything you need to start a business is available to you at your fingertips. You can search Georgia State Government Incorporation. You can find rules. You can um, search on banks about loans, business loans, what you need to acquire a business loan, how to write a business plan. It's all available online. And I want to go a step further with that, but and, and that's right, 100%. But I want to talk about these people that have an idea. They have a dream. They say, you know, one day when I retire, I'd like to be X. You know, I'd like to be a real estate lawyer and go back to law school when I'm 60. Okay, that's great. So what's the first step in these pipe dreams people have? And they say, well, you guys can do it. But, that's, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's for me. And you know what I'm talking about, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Because, well, you guys can, you know, you don't have to work every day. You know, we, we've all talked about this individually. What do you say, Kathy, to you had to build your brand somehow, right? I mean, you, you didn't just get your license and put up a shingle and say, hey, put right. your feet up, right? I mean, yeah. and you too, one step at a time. So what, what are your thoughts of that person taking it from idea? Is there a passion they have to have? That's and what is it? That's exactly the word I was going to use. It's something that you have to be passionate about um, because that's, that's the fire within that gets everything rolling. And then it has to be something that fits your personality as well. Um, you know, for me, that's dealing with people. And, but if I were an introvert, real estate probably wouldn't be the best thing for me. Um, so it's, it has to be something that matches your personality and that you have a passion about. And then from there, it's just all about your marketing. And that's such a big word that it's people, word. it is. I mean, it's, what does that mean when you're first looking at it? Just if you just say that, because there's so many outlets for marketing. And again, that goes back to you've got to do what works best for you. For some people, it's writing and blogging and, and that sort of thing. I would just about stab myself in the eye before I would blog. Right, you right. Know? <laughs> um, so for me, it's more face-to-face and getting with people and coming from contribution, giving them things that I feel like would be helpful to, to them, but yet keeps my name in front of them right. and keeps my brand in front of them. Love it. How about anything on brand from your point of view? I mean, for how you went from getting it growing one step at a time in the early days? or I think um, meeting someone like you who could provide me with a print magazine and then direct relations with Twitter and Facebook and all of that merging together under one umbrella, that was extremely helpful. That was such a improvement in my marketing that I've been with you what how long 14, 13 years yeah a long time yeah so it's it's not one thing works a lot of little things work absolutely yeah and and she's referring to some of the stuff I do locally and do a lot of different things but that's that's the the point is people look at everything in marketing they say we don't do billboards we only do google adwords or we only do facebook analytics or we only do a podcast or we only do live you know, facebook and the answer is it's both and it's all of it and you've got to quite frankly this is my best marketing advice you've got to align yourself with people and things in the brands that you want to be a part of because if you don't you're going to be lumped in with whatever you align yourself with right you're absolutely right and honestly one of the things we're seeing in in marketing uh is 
you know, you know it as well as I do. You can get on Facebook if you want to and write, say, looking for a good plumber. Well, if you've just been a jerk plumber, it used to be you'd tell 10 people, but now that, obvi- that, that audience is exponential. So I, I just want to say to our listeners, for every time you, know, you get 100 attaboys, there'll be somebody doesn't like, you know, you know what I'm talking about, the decision you make. One of my friends, uh, he's a, he speaks all over the globe on marketing, wrote a book called Hug Your Haters. And uh, one of the things he said was, instead of not responding to it, take those people on head on, and a lot of those people who like to complain will become a big advocate. Mm-hmm. If you, not, you know what I'm saying? They're saying, why didn't you do this? But I'm like, well, here's why. And they're like, oh, but they like to complain. And, you know, we all deal with that. So what would you guys say, either one of you, in terms of what's the hardest part about being an entrepreneur? I mean, you know, it's the hours. Is it the ups and downs? What, I mean, what, what would you say to the person out there that would be getting into this, whatever their business is? I, I, I think the term that Kathy used, passion, that's what gets you going. But passion is what keeps you in it. Absolutely. Um, we all have bad days. The economy can um, go south. You can, um, you know, things may change. Something um, in the banking industry might change. Um, job assessments change. And so our clientele comes and goes. And you have to be able to weather that economic downturn. Yes. And passion will get you through that. Well, I, and I want to add to you. Tell me what you think. I think that that passion. I see a lot of people get passionate, but but here's the thing. They're, I'm like, all right, we're going to make this big organizational change. I'm going to help you. It's going to be hard. We're going to get our sales up. We're going to get everybody going in the same direction. And they're like, Ryan, where your guy? But I'm like, are you going to be my guy in six months when this is getting really tough? Oh yeah. I'm like, because it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yep. Six months. They're like, this stinks. This is the worst thing. It was better before. And so I like to use this term, stick to itness. I made it up, you know, with like stick to it and his grit, you know, like, you know what I mean? When times get tough, are you willing to dig and double down and triple down and go, I'm, I'm going to get through it? Because we all know of, if we've been around for a while, the economy has been great. We also know it will go back. And so everybody right now is putting their feet up and going, oh, man, I'm good. I'm busy with work. It's the people that have worked on their business that are sitting there because everybody's looking for people right now. But we also know that could change in a couple of years easily. And it probably will. And it wouldn't surprise me a bit. So I. I have a little bit of paranoia about business development of saying we constantly uh, prospect and we constantly develop in relationships and, and you know, work on our brand. I mean, you, you are in a, in, as an entrepreneur, I don't think you can say you've ever fully arrived. I agree. And I think it does take that grit that you're talking about because not everybody's going to have it. You have to have somebody that drives the train because if everybody had it, everybody would be their own entrepreneur. Well, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. There was a guy um, – uh, probably a couple years ago I was interviewing and he said you know an entrepreneur is the only job you do where you actually probably put in more hours but you're your own boss yes but you know you guys know have you ever been on vacation for our listeners out there you two have been on vacation and trying to relax with your family and there's a big work thing you have to stop what you're doing and you know get involved with absolutely there's you know thank goodness we have the internet thank goodness you have your laptop with you sure so that you can transfer those funds from one bank account to another so your But you still have to through. stop it. You can't just say, you know, bother no. me in two weeks. When I, and, and that's what people understand. They're like, right. well, what? But you're off. Like, I am off. But there was a problem that no one else can – they don't have access to that. And they're like, but you're off work. And that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a common misconception I hear. Do you guys ever have people that you think that would say – You've really got to want it. You've got to desire it. You've got to have a vision for it. You've got to be willing to stick through it. Um, 
because business can be very difficult at times and um, you know can be tough there are it's you know exceptions and <laughs> there are good times there are bad times and you just kind of it, sometimes it's a roller coaster ride um, but ultimately it is your business and you get out of it what you put into it right and you know again I, I just I don't know why I have this feeling of just we're just talking about all time unemployment lows and all that but I can just quickly go back to my mind I remember 2008 ish and go we were in a whole different situation and you know that's what people forget and I see so many people that I refer people to and they're like I'm too busy I can't take out any more work and I'm like it's fine but you better know what you're doing in a year or so mm -hmm. you have to be creative right. and you have to make adjustments um, and uh, I know that everybody was suffering in 2008 and I think tech, um, gas prices were extremely high oh, yeah. and I can remember dropping my tuition rates yeah well, you got to, you know, you got to do what you, you've got to do. Um, well, Kathy, I want to ask real quick. We got Kathy Coots uh, with Keller Williams Realty here, then Ann Weeks, owner of Five Force Academy, if you're just tuning in. I'm going to ask you a couple of business-specific questions. We've got about 10 minutes left. Um, all right, so you made the tra tra transition very successfully from mortgage to real estate. Um, how many, would you say, uh, real estate transactions do you handle a year? I know it's a lot. It's very impressive, but uh, I don't actually, I don't even, I don't even know the number, but just from looking afar, it's pretty impressive. I mean, tell us, and, and kind of what's involved with that for the person. It's like, what does a transaction mean? I assume buying or selling a home, but yeah. you know, whatever, you get a basic level stuff to explain for our audience. Absolutely. So my team actually handles only residential real estate sales. We don't do any commercial. We don't do any leases or anything like that. So we buy, help people buy and sell real estate. Um, we average about 120 transactions a year. Wow. And um, the majority of those do tend to be on the listing side. And uh, so, for instance, last year, I think there were 74 of, of the 122 transactions we did were listings. But we'd be more than happy to be 50-50, you know, yeah. um, whatever. But, you know, I want to go back to something you said a minute ago and about how hard it is when you're running a business. I think so much of that, two things. Number one, know who you're in business with because yes. that makes a huge difference. Yes. And know that you've got people that you can trust and rely on them when you do need some downtime. Um, the second thing is to make sure that you know your limitations. And when you've reached that limitation, ask for help. I love that. Um, and it's funny, I think all three of us, our spouses play a key role in balancing in some capacity our business or whatever. But even businesses I've seen in the metro Atlanta area, and I'm not going to be any more specific than that, you you get in business with the wrong people with the wrong i've seen bad i mean i've seen it over and over where people are buying out people and they don't like so and so and i mean it's it's a marriage right your business i mean you know i'm i'm not saying you have to be in business with your spouse i'm saying when you go as a business partner you better be on the same page yes because it can get ugly if it's not and derail everything and if it is it can be awesome and if it is, and that's right, thank you. It, it can be amazing. And I've seen amazing people do, you know, amazing things. Now, um, Ann, let's jump back over to uh, Five Forks Academy. So in the early days, 
Um, how did you begin growing? I mean, obviously, how did you focus on decide, hey, I'm going to focus on this age kids? Because your ages of kids are, range from what? Sir? We serve the um, six weeks to four years old on a full-time basis. Mm-hmm. And then the after-school program is for children who are 5 to 12. So I did a lot of advertising at the elementary schools. Um, I brought pencils over there at test time um, when summer school or when summer was um, just ending and they were getting ready to go back to school I would take pens and pencils and teacher water bottles and everything else over to the elementary schools and that's how my to, um, <clears throat> enrollment grew um, I also advertised at the pediatrician's offices mm-hmm. um, and word of mouth word of mouth is so important and Kathy was talking about trusting and Kathy and I, I'm, I'm sure, have referred a number of people back and forth to each other. I tell you, that's why it all came together. I told you. Gee, y'all made me look so yeah. smart. Kathy sold my house. I did. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and the experience went well, I'm sure. It so, was awesome. Or, or, or she probably wouldn't bring it up. I'm just playing. It was awesome. So, Well, um, so, you know, with this generation, which is we call Gen Z. So Gen Z is after the millennials and Gen Z was born starting in 1997. So that's now pretty much been identified. Uh, I shared this in Las Vegas as the newest generation that everybody's calling the same thing, Gen Z, which means the oldest ones of them born in 97 are now in the workforce. Now, you know, and you guys both have kids about the same. They're not I don't think they're millennials. I think they're more. They're Gen. They're Gen Z. Gen Z. So, so here's the, here's the question: What people want to do, and we, you know, we've heard this for 15 years. All the millennials. The well, okay, we got to quit saying that. The oldest millennials are now almost 38 years old. Mm-hmm. Some of them are into their mid 20s. I mean, they have homes and kids. So we can't just make blanket assumptions in marketing. And so people are sitting in the audience going, wow, and they're writing that down. I'm like, you can't assume all Gen Z is the same. You can't assume all Gen X is the same. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. There's tendencies, right? But I'm curious to see it's going to work with the parents of, you know, maybe like my generation, Gen Z with, excuse me, Gen X with, with Gen Z. Will there be differences between how the millennials grew up? And I, I don't know. You know, I, these are questions that we don't have the answers to. We've all got them turned off in the radio, but this little device here has been in some people's hands since they were born. Yes. Right? And we can remember what? When Blackberries, that was the first thing out before there was ever a touch, you know, touch device. I had a flip phone. Yeah, a flip phone, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can still find a flip phone. I yes. saw some, you can. I have seen one. Yeah, but where do you get them? I don't know, but one of my <laughs> grandparents, one of my the grandparents at my school had one. So, so when did we think that would become like an antique? It's like an artifact. It's going to be in that big ball thing in Epcot I ride around in. You know, like look at this. This was this was real. I think technology is what defines the cho- the the generations and yeah, what, the technology that they're accustomed yep. to when they what they've been exposed to. Um, I don't. They we all think the same. We all have emotions. We all care about each other. Um, and I think that's still there. It's the technology that they that they use, and that's what we need to make changes for, in order to market to them. Right. Well, and we had like my wife's grandmother had just lost her second husband. There, she's ninety, and we were taking like she's very lucid and remembers it. But she was talking about remember when her husband was serving in World War World War II and whenever to see Pearl Harbor after it happened and I'm just listening to this let's just listen to history right so she's that silent generation then you got the baby boomers then you got Gen X then you've got millennials then you've got Gen Z and I agree with you Ann um, you know Gen 
you know, the, the, her generation grew up with the radio, and then the boomers grew up with television. And I finished college, and they had a little thing called Prodigy, and there was no, I mean, it's like trying to get on the internet. I mean, I, I, I didn't use the internet to get through college. And then the next generation grew up with the internet, you know, knowing Wi-Fi. And then this last one's grown up, you know, with everything connected at their hand. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's going to look like after that. But I agree with you. I think there's some, you know, the way you learn, because that's what you do with the young, the young uh, children. Uh, I do think the opportunities, you know, with what they see at a young age probably have an influence of, you know, how, how they see things in the world. The, the phone is going to the wrist now. The phone is going to, I know. I well, I don't there, have it today. See, I, ha- I actually have one. I, I didn't wear mine, Kathy's in my car, and I'm really feeling like I'm getting cheated out of steps. <laughs> that means I didn't technically walk into this radio station. <laughs> my wife's like, you, you, Ryan, that's so stupid. I'm like, yeah, but I got like 400 steps that are not on this on there. And she goes, you still did it. I'm like, I got cheated. It matters. <laughs> it matters. <laughs> Every step. I say before the soccer games I announced, I said, we need ball boys and ball girls or any adult looking to get those last 10,000 steps. <laughs> All right, so we're coming to the end with uh, uh, Ann Week's owner of Five Forks Academy and Kathy Coots, uh, Coots and Company of Keller Williams Realty. Let's uh, let our audience know, first of all, how they best can find you on social media. So we'll start with you, Ann. Uh, website, social media handles, let them know how to find you in Five Forks Academy to learn more about your great organization. My website address is www.fiveforksacademy.com. And there are links to Facebook on that website. You can look me up on the Facebook. I keep more pictures on Facebook. You can see the garden, activities the children are doing, and things like that. And, of course, come by the school. We're at 3079 Five Forks Strickham Road. And that's Five Forks, for our listeners, plural, academy.com. Correct. All right, and it's all, all, all the stuff is there. Okay, wonderful. Kathy, what is the best way for people out there in this market we're trying to decide what to do with their homes because a lot of people are going it's worth a lot should i sell it should i not not you know what should i do with it how do they connect with you and your team best way through uh, your website or through social media what's the you phone know, number google <laughs> google uh, g-o-o-g-l-e exactly um kathycoots.com and they can call me my phone number's on there facebook is kathy coots um Instagram, Twitter, uh, all of it, but the best way is just give me a call. Is it okay if I give my number out or no? Sure. 770-654-8972. And I was in that thing in Vegas the other day. I put my phone number on it, and then people were like, say, I gave you every option to call me. Or contact me, email me, tweet me, whatever you want to do, but tell me the reference point so I'll have a standing thing. But yeah. All right, well, we're going to close it up. I want to thank Kathy. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And thank you for being here as well. Thank you. You guys are always awesome. So. You can listen to uh, Marketing Matters each uh, with Ryan Sowers on the second and fourth Thursday of each month at 1 o'clock Eastern time. You can just go to businessradiox.com. It's like the Gwinnett Studio, and you can listen live. Or if you're a Netflix-type guy likes to stream things, you can go to any of our episodes 24-7 by visiting businessradiox.com. Go to the Gwinnett Studio and click on Marketing Matters. Thanks for being here, folks. This has been another Marketing Matters with Ryan Sowers. Thanks for our great guest, Ann and Kathy, the studio team, and you, our loyal listeners. Have a great week, everyone. Until next time, make your marketing matter.